0: As hilarious as that music may sound, it is not how I want to kick off my podcast. Welcome to the Michael Aldrin Comedy Podcast. It's going to be so much fun where he makes humor of himself and the many things in New York City. Oh, and by the way, this is not the voice of Bruno. Welcome back or welcome... For the first time, to the Michael Oldroid Comedy Podcast. This is episode recording, live recording 83. Okay, uh, what am I? I'm already stumbling over my own words. Great way to start, Mike. Great way to start, number Ocho Trace of the Michael Oldroid Comedy Podcast. This is a live recording. Right now, we are recording uh, on YouTube Live. And uh, it is from my account, at the droid, or the droid with a Y, not an I. It's the correct spelling of the name. Thank goodness Verizon. The only reason that Verizon named their phone the droid with an I is because they didn't want to get into a conflict with the real droid, which is me. And I appreciate that they spelled it wrong on purpose. Um, We are here. We are live. And we are coming straight to your eardrums from the closet. Of myself the one and only Miguel old r2d2 and I'm excited uh, we got a little bit of fodder built up over the last couple of weeks for you 83 coming your way now guys hopefully everyone's off to a good start for uh, this week we are I don't even know what day it is it's Monday October 21st right now we're 10 days away from Halloween Hopefully everyone's having a, a nice little month of October with the with the leaves changing. Fall is my favorite time of year. It's actually uh, another word for fall is autumn. I actually met a girl yesterday named Autumn at my show, so kind of cool stuff there. Uh, yeah, ten days away from Halloween. You guys ready? You guys gonna dress up? Uh, should be a doozy. I might have to bust out the old angel wings because I'm cheap. And uh, Jessica, my roommate, slash ex-girlfriend, slash good friend, has some angel wings laying around here. So I might just have to bust those on with the halo, mix it up, and play myself uh, from the movie City of Angels for Halloween. On All Hallows' Eve, are you going to be a devil or an angel, guys? Or something else on All Hallows' Eve? Uh, quite a fun time. Halloween is my favorite holiday aside from Christ Mass. Um, it's good. Been watching scary movies, guys. That's a question, not a statement. Uh, careful, though. I feel like the older you get, the less you like scary movies. When you're a kid, it's kind of like a fun challenge. I remember when I was in middle school, I would watch any scary movie. No, no holds barred. Uh, and I feel like now, the older we get, you, you, you ask someone my age, hey man, what do you think of scary movies? What do you think of scary movies? And they ignore the conversation, they don't want to talk about it. Because <laughs> the older you get, you're like, uh, I don't need to put that into my mind. As a youngin', maybe it's fun to prove to myself and to others, I'm tough, I can handle this, nothing scary scares me. And then you get older, uh, you see The Exorcist for the first time, and you're like, you know what, I'm never going to watch a scary movie again for the rest of my life. Um, no, I I I don't know if that's true for for I'm just saying stuff. Hopefully you're you're excited about Halloween though. and uh maybe carving some pumpkins, huh? Anybody out there carving a little jack o' lantern, some John o' lanterns as you if you will because uh Jack is a nickname for John. I just I like to go by the correct uh birth name. It's a John o' lantern. Anyway, I started off last week's episode with a story about cuckolding. I don't know if you guys tuned in, but I recommend episode eighty-two. Listening to my cuck- cuckolding story, it's pretty fun. I actually, my buddy, who that story is about, happened to tune in uh, to my to my podcast, listened to it, loved it, was entertained, and then was like, "Could we catch up over the phone?" I can't believe you remembered all that. He said, I can't believe you remembered all that, but there's a couple of things that you left out. So I'm going to give you the high level updates of that story. I'm not going to retell it because that would be a waste of your time and mine since we've already put that out into the universe, but I'm going to give you kind of the the outline. So uh, my buddy calls me, we catch up and he wanted to correct the record first and foremost, on the fact that I said that this guy was a loser and he never got laid up until that point. He he let me know very quickly that he actually had sex with many women before that. He was just in a drought. So, sorry, bro, that I misspoke and I misportrayed you even though I did not share your name. This, <laughs> You know, sorry that nobody knows who you are uh, on my podcast, yet I'm still going to make you the the phantom of the opera look cooler right uh so sorry uh he he apparently had sex with 20 something women before this cuckolding story happened to be in a dry spell during the whole spring break deal and uh and also up until he had intercourse with this this uh this woman that was married in front of her husband uh so that was the first point and for anyone who didn't tune in to last week. I'm not going to take long. Bear with me on this. Maybe skip a, skip ahead two minutes or something. Uh, but I, I got to get through this. So anyway, the first thing, the the second thing he corrected me on is that when he met this woman at the bar, it was by happenstance, right? He He didn't plan to meet this woman. He was at the bar with friends and then, you know, kind of bumped into this lady, hit it off, said that she was very forward with him said that at one point they were dancing on the dance floor. First time ever meeting. Uh, she was kind of feeling his uh, junk there on the dance floor. And he's was like, wow. I'm, he was thinking to himself, wow, I am going to get laid tonight. This is going well, right? Um, don't ever be presumptuous, by the way, guys. Uh, and, or women, right? You never know. You never know. So he was being presumptuous, thinking that he was going to get la- laid. In this particular scenario, he happened to be right. Nevertheless... Uh, they were hitting it off and as they were leaving the bar and she agreed to go home with him uh, he noticed that a guy was following uh, them right out of the bar like out into the parking lot and my friend says to the woman hey I think we're being followed and she said oh yeah that's my friend he's just going to give us a ride home so already I was surprised to hear this this woman was actually pulling the bait and switch on my friend. She was the one pulling the wool over his eyes in this scenario. She actually tricked him, right? So he's like, sure, whatever. He, he just wanted to get laid and go home, go with the story, not create any altercations or uh, hiccups in the journey home. So uh, here's a, another point that I, that I got wrong. I don't remember this, but he said that this guy was giving them a ride home, he's driving, and then my buddy and and the wife are in the backseat of the whip, and the wife is giving my friend fellatio, and uh, as I'm catching up with my friend over the phone, he he was telling me that the husband who was driving kept looking in the rearview mirror, taking his eyes off the road, watching him get head in the back right from this woman. And my friend didn't realize... At this point in time, he thought that this dude was just a friend of hers. And he's like, who's this creep? Right? Who's this weirdo Like that keeps looking at us and looking at me? Like, get your eyes on the road. But he didn't want to be rude, so he didn't say anything. He said that he remembers a, a distinct point in time where him and this man made eye contact through the rearview mirror. And my, my friend just thought that this dude was a pervert or something. Right? So... They get to my friend's parents' house, and that's when, you know, he's about to to go inside with the lady. Uh, My friend is about to take the lady inside, and the husband gets out and says, Excuse me, uh, I'm coming in with you. And my buddy's like, What? What are you talking about? Uh, He's like, No, you're not. And the guy goes, Sorry, I can't let you go in there uh, alone. Uh, That's my wife. And uh, either I go in with you guys or this isn't going to happen altogether, right? So it's kind of like a a deal, like a bait-and-switch, last-minute reveal, uh, as if this this husband dude is some sort of a magician doing the reveal there at the end. And I'll be darned, my buddy went with it. He said, hey, no worries. Come on in. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, the husband, my friend made a, a particular point to let me know that the husband... Said we've been, I've been looking forward to this for a while. We've been looking forward to this, uh, really excited about it. Thanks uh, for this opportunity type thing. So my I don't think my friend thought too much of it. Again, his mind was just one track mind. You don't even notice the weird stuff when you're horny, right? I guess at least my buddy <laughs> just said all right. So take him straight to the basement, and uh, said that it was a cold, wet basement. It wasn't moldy, but it was a cold, wet basement, and I was wrong. It wasn't a pull-out couch. Sorry, it was actually a couch that didn't have the legs on the bottom of it. So it was just a, a couch where the bottom of it had no legs and it was just on the floor, right? So my friend proceeds to have intercourse with this uh, this lady on the couch and he said that the weirdest part of this whole thing is not only was the husband watching, but he said that the husband was actually kind of like creeping around and, like, really, like, getting different angles, really watching with, like, re- like really great curiosity and intent. He said that the husband, at one point, was, like, crawling around so he could get up under different angles. And, like, apparently, I think my friend had anal sex with this woman as well, and, and, and this husband was really, like, into all the angles. He was, like, crawling up in there, like, t- putting his head up in there so he could really, like, get a good... <laughs> <laughs> angle of the uh, insertion. Uh, I know this is a little graphic, and I do apologize, but I I have to tell you because it's so juicy and ridiculous. Um, so that is the cuckolding story update as far as you know what I got r- wrong. Um, I have to admit, I we were catching up on this story, and I said something, and it's an inside joke, so I'm not even going to tell you what it was on this particular conversation not only what I was I laughing really hard but I, I was reflecting on some stuff and I made some commentary with him inside joke that got him to laugh so hard I think it might be the hardest I've ever made anybody laugh in my life now this guy I love him to death he always he thinks I'm funny he's always thought I'm funny he's always it's good to have these type of people around right like he's always telling me things like dude saturday night live is missing out you know because they don't have you on there. It's just great to have positive influences, people that appreciate your your talent or whatever you want to call it. He thinks I have talent. And uh I made him laugh so hard in this conversation that I want to I just want to impersonate his laugh real quick. I've never I've never experienced this before. I've actually never experienced I said my punchline unexpectedly. It wasn't even a bit. It was something that came to me in the moment. It was one of those organic humor, like improv. And this is this is this is how he proceeded to go. You ready? I, I'm just gonna go punchline. That means I hit the punchline, and then I'm gonna impersonate him. Punchline. That is. And then do that laugh. Imagine that last thing for another like twenty seconds or so. I've never heard. It was a. It was actually a wail. Right. It was a W-A-I-L. It was like, it was like he. It was a scream. It was a a, a yell, like a battle yell, for literally four seconds straight. There wasn't laugh. It was just, hey, like. <laughs> I've never seen anyone do that. I've never heard that before, but. It was like uh, I hit the throttle knocker on that. You know when you go to the uh, when you go to the fair and you hit the thing as hard as you can. You try to hit that top part there to get the the Yahtzee or the bullseye, whatever you want to call it. I hit this dude's Yahtzee. You know what I mean? I hit his Yahtzee. Uh, I guess the same way he hit that one husband's wife's Yahtzee. I don't know, but I hit his laughter Yahtzee so hard that I don't think he'll ever experience that again. And I don't know if. Uh, Yeah, I don't think he'll ever laugh that hard. I don't think he's ever laughed that hard. I don't think he ever will for the rest of his life. And that's exciting for me. I'd rather do that than have been the one in his cuckolding story. Uh, So, you know, that is... uh, That's that. And speaking of anal sex, how about Matt Lauer, guys? Huh? Did I talk about that last week? It was a bullet point that I meant to talk about. But, man, do you guys know what's going on? Not to bring it... Not to bring it to everyone's attention again, but uh, I kind of feel sorry for that guy feeling like he needed to come out and write a written detailed account of what he did while he was uh, cheating on his wife with this woman just to get the to set the record straight, so he publicly comes out and talks very vigorously about the anal sex and different all this other different stuff that he was doing with this woman uh, in this affair that he had uh Wow. We live in a, a a crazy time where someone feels the need. Uh, the we live in a crazy time where the right thing to do is to come out and give a detailed account about the anal sex that you had with uh, somebody during your affair while he's still married. So, nevertheless, I don't know what the deal is. You know, I uh, I don't want to get too graphic. I try to keep this podcast friend family friendly, but I think. For this episode, at least, it's already—I've already ruined the opportunity to stay family-friendly. I guess I'm—I'm not going to talk more about butt sex. Uh, I I think I'll just keep it to my comedy routines at night. If you come to some of my late-night shows, I I talk about, uh, you know, licking butt and uh, you know things of that nature from time to time. So. I guess I'll leave that, uh, I'll give you the incentive if you like dirty jokes to come to my late night shows, uh, we can we can talk about it then, anyway, let's move on, this is episode 83, uh, part of my preamble, so to give you, to set the stage properly if this is your first time tuning in, what I usually do is I'll have a little preamble here, this is kind of just the, the warm up or the, uh, you know, starting right off the bat, uh, kind of, Calling the room, whatever you want to call it. And then I go into what's going on in the world. I talk about what's going on in the comedy world. I talk about what's going on in my world. Right. So uh, to to, to finish up the preamble, this is kind of like the pregame warm up. Right. This is when we're out on the field before kickoff type thing. Uh, Episode 83. So the segment I've been doing quickly in my preamble is talking about football players that have worn the numbers of the podcast that have had a significant role in my life, whether it's an influence uh, or a thing of that nature. And I I like how I'm going this far to set it up, and and only to tell you guys that the number 83 has actually never been a, a significant number in the world of football for me. So I actually... Uh, I actually don't have anyone to to list off. There's a couple of Hall of Famers with the number 83, but I didn't have. They didn't partic- They didn't have an active role in 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 my um, childhood as far as I, di- I didn't follow them. So I'm not even gonna gonna get into it. I don't even think the University of Missouri had a number 83 on the roster when I was on the team, and if they did, they were very forget- forgettable. Excuse me. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. You ever hear someone say, "No, yeah"? It's like, what are you, what are you saying there? Excuse me, miss. Uh, I was just wondering if I could have your phone number. Yeah, no, yeah, no. You ever? I've, I've, I've heard that before. I was like, what, what, what the heaven is that? Like, what? Why would you say yeah, no to me? I, I'm confused. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, to finish up this preamble. Usually, the preamble also in, includes sports in some way, in shape or form. So, forgive me. If you guys are already tuned out, like, for the first-time listeners, you're like, why do I care about this guy talking about football? Just just know it's a big part of my heart. Uh, just bear with me for a couple minutes here. Um, this was a, a, another week in the world of football. Eureka High School has won. We have a winning streak of seven games in a row now. Seven and one se- on the season. We beat Marquette. The Marquette Mustangs, I actually met a girl this past weekend and went to Marquette. We were talking about my old college teammate from Marquette, Garrett Jeffries, who was a great runner, and he ran for the University of Missouri, one of my teammates, one of my friends when I was a freshman there at Mizzou. Shout out to Garrett Jeffries, funny dude, by the way, if you guys uh, don't know him, fantastically hardworking dude, great talent, great runner, and a good sense of humor, Irish, an Irish fella, uh good old Garrett Jeffries. Get it, Jeffries. Um So yeah, so that's uh that's that. We beat Marquette and we we're playing Sekman this week. Uh Sekman we should we should do well. Never underestimate or disrespect a team, but uh Sekman uh doesn't have the, the greatest record this year, so we need to make sure we go over there, take care of business, and don't do what the University of Missouri did this last week. And I don't know what happened, but somehow we got beat by Vanderbilt. Not cool. Uh, I don't know what it is. You know, Vanderbilt should be we they should be one of the easier teams. Somehow we we got beat by them. And uh, hey, footballs bounce in weird ways, don't they? Uh, I got to say, my one story about Vanderbilt this is something that's interesting actually I was in Tennessee a few years ago and I was out one night I saw this girl at the bar and I thought she was pretty right and so I was re- I respectfully walked up to her I worked up my my courage uh, and I said excuse me my name's Mike how, how are you right and she said um, my football or my boyfriend played football for Vanderbilt this is someone I didn't know she didn't know me right Oh, she goes, sorry, I have a boyfriend, and he plays football for Vanderbilt, right? And this was shortly after my college career. And I said, that's an interesting uh, statement. I said, that's fun, because uh, I actually played football for the University of Missouri, and we played Vanderbilt several times and kicked their ass every time. So, cheers. Uh, That was a true story. Uh, One of my buddies who was there thought it was one of the coolest things (laughs) in the history of his experience as far as a, a retort back because she was obviously rude right that, that's there's no reason to it's one thing to say first of all i didn't even ask her if she has a boyfriend i wasn't hit. you know i wasn't like i wasn't being forward i was actually just being friendly i wasn't being a creep i know i know there have been times when i've been a creep this is not one of those times i, I i'm pretty self-aware right i i was becoming more mature i was proud of myself you know hi my name is mike how are you are you having a good night uh Hi, I have a boyfriend, and he plays football for Vanderbilt. Um, oh, that's cool, because I actually played football for the University of Missouri, and we used to kick Vanderbilt's ass every year. So this is the first time I can remember we've gotten beat by Vanderbilt. Luckily, I didn't meet that chick uh, after this loss, because then I'd really uh, have have nothing to say, and I'd feel like a real putz, you know? Nevertheless, Uh I did go to the Mizzou Alumni Bar this last weekend here in New York City. It was a lot of fun because at halftime I did a show for uh, for the alumni. It was, it was great. We had a great time. And I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I did pretty awesome. Okay? I know I sound like Donald Trump, self-promoting right now, telling, telling the world how great I did. But uh, the difference between Trump and I uh, is pretty much everything. Uh, and also the fact that, look... When I don't do a good job, I'll I'll be real. Trump thinks he does great every time, no matter what. I do a great job sometimes, and I fail sometimes, and I do neutral sometimes, right? I don't think Donald Trump is willing to admit that he does neutral and fails sometimes. So I did great this last weekend, and I think it's important to be honest. Fake humility is, is bullshit, you know, because it's it's being disingenuous to your audience if you're being fake humble and you're always downplaying yourself you're actually not being honest I don't I don't respect lack of honesty so I tore it up is what I'm trying to say and uh, it was really cool I had a buddy uh, you you guys remember Brian Kelly it's been months since him and I have had a chance to hang out and he came out to support uh, remember my Sam? Brian's my Sam and I'm his Sam. We call each other each other's Sam's from Lord of the Rings. We're we're there in each other's journeys for each other. Uh well my Sam Brian Kelly wore a Kansas shirt to the Mizzou Alumni Bar. I don't know why he would do this to me. He did go to Kansas, uh, but apparently he, he said that he, he can't he can't go into a place like that feeling good about himself unless he he expressed that he's from Kansas and made it clear. So I was a little nervous uh that we'd end up that he'd get into a fight with somebody at the Missoula Alumni Bar because he's coming into our beehive. But he stood his ground, was respectful, we're all adults, had a little bit of jaw jacking, I had to make fun of him on stage uh for coming in there like that. But <clears throat> hey, I appreciate him coming to to support me. And it was great to reconnect with my old friend Brian Patrick Kelly, my Sam, aka uh the guy who would be on the titanic playing music for playing the music as the boat's as my boat is going down what that means is that's a ride or die comment hey man i'll play i'll play the fiddle on your titanic you know what i mean <laughs> he he's he's told me that he'd play the fiddle for me on my titanic and i'd do the same for him and and i'm not just going to say that about bk but so many of my good friends i'd do that for them uh, and I know that they'd do the same for me. So uh, if you guys have friends out there that you would be willing to play the pi- the fiddle on their Titanic for them, and they do the same for you, don't let those ones go because uh, those are, those are uh, the types of relationships that give life meaning, and they're the ones that are important to reinvest in, to stay connected with. Do a better job, guys, of staying connected with the people that you love because at the end of life, they're the only ones that that really um really matter and i don't mean like other people don't matter but you know what i mean you know what i mean a collective audience that uh, has to answer my rhetorical questions by answering in your head uh, because i'm not there to speak with you or or comment back because this is a one-way feed into your eardrums nevertheless though um yeah, so it was fun. I had like uh, several shows over the weekend. Uh, obviously, that one was cool. Got got a little tipsy for old times' sake. Got to meet some more people from Mizzou. Reconnect. It's always it's good to go to those alumni bars. I think it's uh, it's a great way to to connect, stay connected, uh, stay connected with uh, people back home. You know, find out is you hear all these stories. Like I said, you know, connecting with somebody that went to high school with Garrett Jeffries and told me a story about a time that he his car like ran into somebody else's when he was I, I just ran, <laughs> sorry Garrett if you're listening to this I don't even know the the details of it but just just know uh, shout out to you and showing some love bruh I'm sure he's not listening to this podcast by the way um, anyway one of the jokes that I talk about when I do football jokes I don't always do football jokes but Uh, My niche was obviously uh, this last Saturday doing doing jokes at halftime about Mizzou football. Uh, I have a joke where I say that my bull rings used to have a lot of pull, right? They used to have a lot of power over the ladies like when I was in college. Some ladies, not all, but over the years, it's like radioactive decay, you know, it like loses its power (laughs) every year, you know, 10 years later. You know, I try, I can't show up to a date with my bowl rings on. You know, I'm like, hey, what's up? How you doing? She's like, yeah, uh, I'm good. How are you? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Check out these bowl rings. She's like, cool. Do you have a job? I'm like, uh, did I tell you that I am a Cotton Bowl champion? She's like, cool. What's your base salary? So that's kind of the gist of the joke. Well, let me just say this. Uh, there at the Mizzou Alumni Bar, apparently the rings still have power. And what I mean by that is I'm not saying that I did anything or, or anything like that, but just it was fun Uh, I I did bring the rings just, I rarely ever take them out, but it was cool to see that some ladies did appreciate them. You know, they were like Snapchatting, they were like, ooh, can I put it on and take a picture, putting it on their Snapchat stories and that stuff, so that was fun, you know, that was a a good time. Oh, what else though? Yeah, get back to your alumni bars. For Homecoming uh, a couple weeks ago, they had Shakespeare's Pizza at the Alumni Bar, and that, just one bite of Shakespeare's Pizza brought back so many memories uh It was crazy, like it was like my entire college experience flashed before my eyes as as, as my tongue touched the cheese pizza from Shakespeare's. and it was it was delicious, dank, delicious, and uh I reckon coming to come if you're in New York, come out to the alumni bar where I'm having a good time, I might do some more performing in the future. We'll see uh there, and uh either way we'll all right mike move on move on you're talking way too much about this all right mike i will uh training update for you putzes Uh, i have been getting stronger and faster uh i'm doing plyometric box jumps now and the height that i work up to is 41 inches so if you follow me on social media you saw something i posted recently where i was doing 41 inch box jumps uh i didn't give you guys specific numbers before but that's where i'm currently at my next goal is 55 inches 53 55 inches because that's the next height that they have when i add the next box onto it um as i told you guys before my my vert was 35 in college denario had a 30 42 inch vertical which means he probably could have box jump like 50 something 60 something inches uh crazy stuff crazy stuff though speaking of that the chargers it sucks that their lease is up with uh, you know San Diego they're having to go up and play uh, they're not getting much uh, turnout for their games right now and that's because they're having to play up in LA and I don't know the whole NFL money stadium crap I don't know that stuff It'll be interesting to see what happens with the Chargers because that's, that's not good for business you know going all the way up to LA like that <clears throat> the LA, LA already has a team it's the Rams so I don't know Nevertheless, I got out on Saturday before the Mizzou game. I threw the football around with my buddy who played football at UCLA. He has a tremendous arm, so I'm lucky enough to get the benefit of having a Division I quarterback level uh, arm out here in New York to uh, help me get back in shape a little bit, and it was awesome. Put the cleats on, got out there. It was a great way to start off the Sabbath, if you're Jewish. Um, Christian Sabbath is Sunday, so... (laughs) Uh great way to start uh, our Saturday uh, college game day and uh, get out there and rotate the crops, talk shop with them, talk about football, walk past uh, For World Trade, which is where I was the day before. On Friday, I went to Good Morning Football. It's a show that the NFL Network produces. My buddy ha- Matt Hamilton invited me out. I'll tell you more about that in a second. But um, I am... Uh, I uh, last thing I'll say about getting in shape before I move on to good morning football is that uh I have some connections that might be able to introduce me to the New Jersey team if I want to try out for the XFL New Jersey team out there. Everyone keeps telling me that's cool that you're down to call the Giants here uh, or the Jets, but you know, if if your calls go fall on deaf ears, uh, a much easier and more practical route to getting discovered by the NFL is, you know, is getting your feet wet in the XFL, getting some stuff on tape, making some plays, showing that your, you know, teams want to see current film, right? Uh, I have a friend who actually was a scout for one of the NFL teams and uh, knows what he's talking about. So that was pretty cool to hear, uh, uh, And uh, you know, time after time I've been getting... You know, little little bits of wisdom like this. Everyone kind of che- keeps trying to push me to try the XFL first. Uh, you know me, though. I go big or go home. I go jugular. jugular vein. Yeah. Someone's like, hey, maybe, you know, start with the XFL. Ah, jugular vein. Giants. Giants. Niners. You know. <laughs> uh, I'm not afraid. You know, just uh, being fun like that. Nevertheless so uh, it was cool going into the studio on Friday at Four World Trade my buddy Matt Hamilton used to tape my ankles and he's really worked his ass off and worked his way up uh, he is one he does like he's a jack of all trades for this show if you guys check him out he was on TV a couple weeks back they did this like whole funny beard shaving thing uh, I guess he was looking like uh, the, the is it the Jaguars quarterback I forget who who has the mustache, and they were kind of doing a funny parody on that. But it looks like they have a really fun time. One of the girls on that show, one of the main hosts, actually went to Mizzou. Uh, I got to meet uh, the hosts, and shout-out to Nate Burleson. He was really cool to me. We got to talk a little bit, you know, from one wide receiver to another. He, he played in the NFL for 10 years, and he made it a special point to come over and talk shop. We talked about staying in shape and, uh, you know, took some pictures together, put it on social media. You know, he peeped me. You know, I saw that he checked out one of my uh, Instagram videos after I posted it and liked one. You know, that's his way of saying, hey, man, I think you're cool. I'm not going to follow you uh, because your following's not big. But I just want you to know, I see you. (laughs) I got a like, baby. From Nate Burleson. He's got over 100,000 followers. Isn't that what this world's about now? It's just the like ratio and uh, followers. I'm kidding. By the way, guys, when I say that, it's not about that. In fact, I am going to tell you, when we talk about what's going on in the world, there was this crazy Dr. Phil story that came out a couple of weeks ago that leads me to to that very point, which is crazy, uh, about how some people take it too seriously. <clears throat> so we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, anyway, back to my buddy Matt Hamilton. We are going to have him on the podcast here soon to share some of his stories that he's he's been working with the NFL for a while, and I think it would be really really fun to... To talk some shop, relive some old memories. He gave me a real nice compliment. Um, he said that it was there was two people that really brought a lot of levity to practice. These are his words, myself and Austin Huff. He said that we always brought a lot of levity to practice. I didn't even know what the word meant. I was like, "What does that mean? Light? Is levity light? Is levity mean hops? Does that mean I have a high, uh, a high, vertical leap?" My my broad jump was pretty far too, by the way. But yeah, levity means light, laughter, jovial, funny. Um, if you guys don't know my friend Austin Huff, I only give him a shout out. He's a producer or radio host for ESPN 101 in St. Louis. He's worked for Jim Rome. He's been on my podcast twice. I keep trying to get him to put me on his podcast, uh, but apparently I'm not famous enough to be on his podcast yet. So, <laughs> So it's only a matter of time. Until Huff decides to either throw me a bone or I get fami- famous enough to get on his podcast. But he has a really great show. He gets a lot of these uh, big names to come on. and uh, You know, I-, I do recommend checking out his social media, Austin Huff. Today's actually his birthday. Wow, happy birthday, Huff. We're talking about you naturally. It's not even... I should have actually had you as a guest. Uh, I should have called you in. Maybe maybe, maybe after I have you on my show for a third time, Huff, maybe you'll consider me putting on your show for once, you know? <clears throat> Hey, maybe I'll just, uh, you know, risk my reputation for you once again, Huff, and bring you into another fraternity uh, when usually random guys have to bring, like, six girls to get in. But, you know, I I pulled my card to get you in on your birthday. Maybe I'll do that again if that'll get me on your podcast, you know. You know, I'll just come, you know, 180% of the way you come, negative 90. No worries, you know what I mean? (laughs) Happy birthday, Huff. I hope you're doing well. Huff was there... uh on one of my the biggest the the biggest crowd I've ever performed for was 1,700 people at Jesse Hall in Columbia, Missouri, and he was there that night. And he filmed my set actually way up in the rafters. He was up there like peeping through like Macaulay Culkin and The Pigeon Lady from Home Alone Two, peeping through the Oculus, you know, with his camera. <laughs> he was up there watching me, and you know we we said a prayer before I got on stage. You know I was nervous, and uh, it helped me. It helped me calm myself down to have a nice little prayer before performing for 1,700 people. Um, you know, I think the most I'd ever performed for that before that was like 1,700 people, because <laughs> um, I did it the year before. But nevertheless, before that it was probably like 400 people. So we, we we exponentially increased on that one, and uh, Huff was there for that. So happy birthday to Austin Huff! My uh, partner in, what's the opposite of crime? My partner in levity um, on the football team of the University of Missouri. Check him out, guys. <clears throat> so, what else is going on in the world of football? Well, this week in the NFL, Chase Daniel did not start. They did not let him start this week. I guess the uh, the other quarterback was back in action. So, he got to play for two games, won one, lost one uh Even the one that they lost uh I think it's hands down people thought that he did very well uh We'll see what the future holds for him, but uh hopefully uh hopefully he gets another chance here you know we'll see but uh I know there's greatness in him and uh we'll be watching chase we're we're always rooting for you so what else speaking of journalism in Mizzou... uh Seems like Wally Alayo is doing real well up in Boston. Shout out to you, my man. Uh, and then uh, I had another friend come in town on Saturday. So after I threw the football around, my buddy Austin Allwell, who was he worked his way up to becoming the special teams coach at the University of Missouri. He worked closely with Coach Pinkle, obviously. So his first year on the team, he was like one of those guys that helped run the scout team offensive um you know he run. He helped run the scout team offense, so he was out there, kind of saying, "All right, this is the play that we're going to run this time around. Uh, we're giving the ball to Oldroid. So it was guys like Austin Allwell that I was very thankful for because he had the power to decide who was getting the ball in practice. Guys like him and Mick Hunley and another dude named Wally. I forget Wally's last name, and I'm sorry, Wally. You know I love you but it was guys like that that i specifically remember actually you know went out of their way to make sure that i got the ball quite often and it was you know I, I always thanked them and they always told me well you busted your ass you know and you got the job done well they said i busted my ass i'm saying i got the job done but they appreciated my work ethic and they knew that it was important you know i don't know there there there's something about it just felt like the right thing to do, maybe. I can't speak for them. All I can say is they figured out a way to get me the football and practice often that helped me get better and also get the shit kicked out of me. But I wanted it. I wanted to have the spotlight shone on me. I wanted to score touchdowns. Uh, I wanted to give uh, all those dudes a run for their money. So, you know, I got to thank Austin after all these years, to let him know that I'm still appreciative of that I still remember We had a couple beers on my rooftop here. Uh, There's a terrace here in our building, and it was good, just me and him catching up on a a nice Saturday morning, beautiful Saturday, talking about football, talking about his journey and how he moved up. Uh, I think he was with the Tigers for like seven years, moved all the way up to the special teams coach. I mean, that's guys, that's a huge deal. That is a really big deal. You know, it's just as hard. You got to bust your ass in so many different ways. Late nights uh so many late nights doing you know to 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 work your way up like that um and and when it take it's hard it's just like trying to move up in the depth chart as a walk on you know and and getting a getting you know making the traveling team and getting in the rotation right there there's it's not just something that happens overnight it, it's something that you just have to you know just bust your ass time time and time again so There's something to be said for a guy like Austin Allwell who who made that happen and who really integrated himself into the coaching staff and made a couple badass calls that really worked out well in one of the bowl games. So uh, I know that he, uh, on Saturday, he wanted to come see me perform, but he was going to do a, a tour of the Jets facility. One of the guys that played football for Mizzou after my time there now plays for the Jets. You guys might even know his name. I don't know it off the top of my head. But he's going to the Monday night football game tonight he's gonna to be down on the field. I'm jealous uh but he's got uh, on field passes, so maybe you'll see him on t v austin allwell if you if you don't know what he looks like, look at my Facebook. I posted about him and then somebody one of the, I said guys like this and others uh help make missouri great and one of the one of the old equipment guys commented was like, "Am I in that other's category? Let me just say this, guys, the Missouri equipment football staff I'm gonna give a shout out to one guy. Who was a part of the equipment staff and that's matt matthew i forget his last name he was the only guy who was like austin and mick and these guys who kind of like were looking out for me there were guys that were looking out for me publicly and and privately um there were certain guys like matt that would let me practice late and wait to throw my shit in the uh in the washer you know he was one of the guys that took part, took care of the equipment just Matt did so many things for me under the radar. Uh, and honestly, every other equipment dude was a dick to me. I don't remember any... And I'm sorry if I'm missing something or if my memory's uh, correct, but I'm not going to just give fake credit to people. Like, the equipment staff was treated me like complete shit. Um, taking my stuff from me sometimes, laughing at... Like, uh, I had, like, underwear missing one time, and I was like, you know, they will give the scholarship guys just anything they want anytime right i remember showing up someone took my my when i first joined the team somehow my my underwear like my sliders were missing and i showed i walked up to them i'm like for some reason my my tights are gone you know they go on underneath the football pads and they're like oh cool and they like pulled out this big giant bin of used underwear and they're like yeah take your pick just complete dicks you know so I'm not going to give any credit to, uh, I'm not giving credit where it's not due, is what I'm saying. <clears throat> anyway, uh, yeah, back to Austin. Last thing you'll say is uh, there was one guy he mentioned that reminded him of me after I left. He said that this kid named Kyle Peasle Has anyone ever heard of Kyle he's from, uh He's from Missouri, small town Missouri. And apparently Kyle Piesel worked his way up. He was a walk-on receiver, busted his ass, made a bet with his dad that if he ever scored a touchdown in a Missouri football game, his dad would buy him a car of his choice. And Austin let me know that you know he worked his way up and eventually that did happen where he scored a touchdown and it was a, it was a really big deal and uh, kind of a Rudy moment for that. So it was nice to hear that. I, I hadn't heard the Kyle Piesel story before, but I think that that's always pretty damn cool and uh, you know, gotta give, gotta give love where it's due, and uh, you gotta respect a kid like that. So, I respect uh, Kyle Peasel. Never met him in my life, but taking Austin's word for it, that uh, that it was an inspirational story. So, if you guys are curious to look him up, it's Ky- K-Y-L-E, His last name is P E A S E L. And uh, last thing I'll say about the uh, f- the game of football right now is. You guys can Google the stats. I mean, not much. The Giants lost again, I think, this last weekend. Uh, I don't think I really need to get into the specifics. I don't have too many thoughts on anything that's going on right now. It's just another season that kind of – or another week that went by. Uh, The Niners are still undefeated. The Patriots are still undefeated. They're playing tonight against the Jets. I'd love to be there. I'm not going to be there. I'm performing tonight. Uh, But – I did want to bring attention to this thing called the Defender website. You guys should look it up. The NFL, it might even be the Patriots that created this, but it's really a a way for anyone. Us, I did this myself already. I googled it, and it's like a preventative healthcare cancer screening for you. You put in your info, you answer some basic questions, and it gives you customized advice about what you can do now to prevent cancer. That's more targeted for you and your needs based on, you know, your unique characteristics. Uh, and <clears throat> just taking the time to do that, as I did myself, and thinking through that, answering some of these questions and kind of seeing what it says, It's I think it's very effective. It's a tool to be utilized. I think it's so cool that the NFL... Has made this. It's it's a part of preventative healthcare, which is the direction that healthcare has been going for a while now, shifting away from the fee for service model, which can be corrupt if used incorrectly, and and there are plenty of doctors out there that, ha- in the past, have just charged, uh, you know, for. For services, just to rack up, you know, their their tab. I had a dentist once tell me that I had to, had to have my wisdom teeth removed because my molars were gonna my, my wisdom teeth were gonna come back, and uh, you know, push all my teeth around and do all this crap. Guess what? My wisdom teeth never came in, and this is twenty years later. So, I'm not saying that that specific doctor is corrupt, but it's an example of that would be a fee for service thing where it actually didn't benefit me. If anything, it, it was worse for me uh, to have it done. And he would have just made whatever money the insurance company pays for him. So, the uh, preventative healthcare is where healthcare organizations are actually incentivized to prevent people from getting sick. And there, you could think of it as like there's a bucket of money that they're entitled to, and they can get more of that money the less they see patients rather than the more they see patients, the more they make, right? So, I think that that's a very trustworthy model if done correctly. Hopefully we're working out whatever kinks are in it, but preventative health care is something I'm all about. Uh, and I like that they call it the Defender website because it's it's you're playing defense, right? You're playing defense against cancer, which is um, <clears throat> you're defending your, yourself from from ever having to you know deal with uh, some of the the ramifications of having it if you're you know if you're doing some of the right things. Like uh, for me, it said like. Less alcohol intake, things like things of that nature, uh, can can help prevent uh, cancer. So yeah, check that out, guys. I really do. It's called the Defender website. Type it in NFL, whatever. Uh, other than that, any any other baseball updates? The Cards are out. The Yankees are out. Obviously, it would have been cool to see a Cardinals Yankees World Series. Considering I'm from St. Louis and I live in New York, uh, I would have been rooting for the Cardinals. And um, yeah, it is what it is, right? So you move on both of those franchises of those are the top two most winning um I think they've won more more World Series uh than any other more World Series series is series more World Series than any other teams out there uh, together and individually. The Yankees have the most, but <clears throat> Anyway, let's talk about what's going on in the world. 48 minutes in, guys. How about that, right? I've been really doing a great job of uh, keeping this podcast short and brief. Uh, and by that, I'm being sarcastic because it took me 48 minutes to get to the first segment of the podcast, which is Donald John Trump. Let's take, let's just take a look at a couple of these tweets here. Last week, I talked about one of them, and I didn't have a chance to give you the full articulation. I want to really break this tweet down. This is... Uh, this is a tweet from Trump a few weeks back. He says, From the day I announced I was running for president, I have never had a good at Fox News poll. Whoever their pollster is, they suck. But at Fox News is also much different than it used to be in the good old days. So, I've already commented on that. Um, very presidential way of speaking. They suck. You know, very, very interesting. Anyway, this tweet from him, the second tweet actually made the headlines. Uh, it was about Nancy Pelosi. She's the Speaker of the House of Representatives. This is, this is uh, just hilarious to me. I mean, it, it's it's so ridiculous that, that a president would speak this way. Com- completely sarcastic and just, like, slandering, right? Let's see here. It says, Nancy Pelosi needs help fast, exclamation. There's either something wrong with her upstairs, in quotes, or she just plain doesn't like our great country. She had a total meltdown in the White House today. It was very sad to watch. Pray for her. She is a very sick person. Exclamation. So, just uh, I don't even think there's much I need to say about that other than that's so ridiculous to say. You just don't say that about someone. Uh it's it's um it's one thing. This is how you politically disagree with somebody say, you know, I I I disagree with with this person's disposition. I respect their their credentials you know but um, you know I hope that everything's okay uh, there was there were some complications that happened today during the um, during the meeting or whatever it was and and hopefully that everything's okay so that she can be back to work soon and we're able to come to a resolution and work together that would be like the the professional way to disagree or tweet right anyway great job Trump but I guess some people like him for his that he speaks his mind. It's just that's how that's also how a sixth grader would talk when they're like trying to be cool in middle school. So, all right, uh, I know because I was cool in middle school. Anyway, Matt Lauer anal sex. I already talked about that. Uh, SoftBank. Here's a here's one. SoftBank is saving WeWork, or they're trying to. I guess they uh, went in with an eight eight billion dollar soul saving effort for this company. We'll see, but it looks like WeWork is getting uh, the bailout from uh, from a bank, so we'll see how that goes. This is the story I wanted to share with you. <clears throat> Apparently, this kid named Lars, he's 20 years old, admits he's been bullied online because of his viral videos. I don't know what that means exactly, but he went on Dr. Phil, and Dr. Phil... You guys got to check this out. It was p- posted on Barstool Sports. Um, just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. This kid talks about how he doesn't really have a relationship with his family anymore because they don't have enough followers. And Dr. Phil was astounded. He's like, wait, wait a second. Uh, did I hear you correctly that you don't want to be in a, you don't want to have a, a personal relationship with your mother because she doesn't have enough followers? It's like, yeah, you know, like if you're not relevant, like she's not relevant on social media. She doesn't have enough followers. So she's not going to make me like relevant. Like why do I want to waste my time talking to her? What, what are we even going to talk about? <laughs> watching doctor phil's reaction was just as exciting as hearing what an idiot this kid is um and i highly recommend a google of this his flat top is heinous and i don't know why any i guess people would follow him because it's so ridiculous you know it's like it's like the donald trump effect like you 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 want to follow not because you like the kid but because you're so intrigued by his audacity. Maybe maybe this is like a good example of like any when they say any news is is good news. This is an example of it being crappy but like he's still relevant because it's so outrageous. So this kid is relevant by talking about how much it matters to him to be relevant, he said, "Yeah, that, isn't that what happens? Like when you get famous, you like cut people off." Doctor feels like you're talking about cutting off your mom because she doesn't have enough followers on Instagram. Like that's. Anyway, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about that. So, anyway, we talked about Halloween. That's what's going on in the world. Uh, shout out to Gabriella and Michaela. They have this show called the, the Evil Clone. Taking place at the Playboy Club on the thirtieth, and uh, it's here in New York. I talked to I ran into Michaela uh, recently, and uh, it sounded really interesting. They they're from Transylvania, and uh, she talked about the evil clone. I guess her and her twin maybe play two different parts of this, and it's like the the inner bad part and the inner good of each of us, right? The evil clone is like the inner. Part of us that is ego driven self-centered um, you know selfish all these things uh, versus the the humble letting go of the ego the uh, you know removing the attachment to certain things taking away you know not being vengeant, you know all these things so the battle between the two you know i guess the battle of good and evil within us is maybe something that they are is is it is is what it sounded like she was explaining to me that this show is about um, and it sounds very uh, very cool right it sounds very cool it sounds like a, a cool show so if you guys are uh, gonna be in New York around Halloween maybe go check that out uh, I'm promoting for it because I kind of want to go I'm intrigued uh, I think it they've been working on this for a long time you know they've done everything for all the promo the the dancing choreography the storyline they got like you know video or music that goes with it I think vi- music videos too they dance apparently it's like 3D and interactive in some way so I don't know it sounds really cool and uh, unfortunately I can't go because I, I have a show that night Did I, s- I want to go uh, maybe I'll cancel my show I don't know we'll see but uh, speaking of other Halloween stuff, I was watching the movie Ghost recently. It was on, or I, I, I thumbed across it when I was on one of my uh, applications. Like, Was it Netflix or Amazon Prime? I can't remember, but we were talking about my buddy Brian Patrick Kelly earlier, which made me want to speak of Patrick Swayze. Um, Patrick Swayze left great work on this earth. You know, God bless the guy. He actually did die of cancer if I'm not mistaken. I think it was either pancreatic or something of that nature. And um the go- the movie Ghost is just uh I remember watching it as a kid with my parents and thinking it was great, but when you watch it as an adult 20 years later, you just see you you'll, you know, we all we all do this, right? There's some things that you watch as an adult and you just see it from a different perspective and one of the things that was very um, intriguing for me was that most of the movie takes place in so many parts that, I, that I'm that i at every day like here on Wall Street him and his uh, team you know his character works on Wall Street you know they're successful doing all these things Patrick Swayze is a good guy in the movie lives with his uh, girlfriend look at all these parallels right not to not to scare you guys you know that you know, I, I'm not saying that I'm living the exact same life as Patrick Swayze from Ghost, but there are similarities uh, in in not an eerie way for me, in in a, in a cool way, you know. And um, it was really, you know, he plays a, He plays a good dude, and it was it was inspiring. And and honestly, watching that movie made me want to focus on continuing to be better. Like it it made me. It, it was inspiring. It made me want to be a better person. It made me. Um, it's a good reminder of what truly matters, right? And I think that that movie shows you that, you know, money is m- trying to get money at all costs, right? Trying. There's a thing that, I don't think money itself is e- evil, but if you will do anything for it, right? There are there's certain things that I don't think you should have to, have to you should never sacrifice certain things, uh, and if you have to sacrifice your character, or be, you know, hurting others, or or being a good person, I know that's a loose term, you know, um, you know, morality, and uh, I guess you could say that some of it is, uh, um, you know, how do you de- universally define what's moral and a- amoral? Uh, nevertheless, I think some, I think there's. Some things that are, you know, killing people, for example, that's that's wrong. I, I don't think that that's really something that's up for discussion. Um, but uh, for the most part, there are some things that are kind of just universally known as moral and amoral. Um, and I guess the, the where am I going with this is that... Uh, it's a cool flick. It's a cool, freaking, it's a cool freaking flick, and it's crazy because I was just... Myrtle Avenue, the Myrtle Ave stop, is like the... They show two main parts in this movie, two main areas, financial district and then like a really kind of dungy area where the, the guy that kills Patrick Swayze lives, you know, the dude that ends up, um, you know, getting hit by a car. And I literally was... I got off that J stop just the other day to go visit one of my friend's and uh, it's crazy I go in that area to do comedy and it was weird because like the next night after I watched it I was walking through the intersection where that dude got hit by a car the bad dude and it was just like kind of an eerie thing to like be like yo this is where they filmed that scene or at least like one of these intersections you know what I mean just that general area and it's just a reminder I guess kind of like all right, you know like what you do in life matters like this it could end at any time like don't take anything for granted um and definitely don't uh don't pursue the fame or money so hard that you're losing yourself right because ultimately what Patrick Swayze had that was most valuable was that he was a good person his character was intact and he had love he had love with his his girlfriend and and that lasted you know even after he was gone you know was that love so uh, definitely uh, some deep stuff. My my friends in college used to make fun of me because uh, I I used to say that the movie Roadhouse was deep. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Roadhouse, but it's a movie about this bar where they hire Patrick Swayze to come clean up the bar, and he's like a good bouncer, and his philosophy is like be nice, don't just be a jerk and kick people out. Like try being nice once or twice, and if they don't, if they're a jerk back to you on the third time, maybe be a little more intense. So. I felt like uh, I felt like the movie Roadhouse was real deep. Patrick Swayze is deep, guys. You know, he he left some good stuff on this earth, and uh, God bless the guy. So, anyway, um, <clears throat> what else? What else is going on in the world? So I did watch Ghost. Um, Jennifer Aniston broke Instagram recently. Did you guys see that? Uh, ironically, shortly after I made the Glen Gary Glenn Ross. Glenn Gary Glenn Rachel joke uh, that wasn't mine it was a repeated joke that I saw somewhere Uh, she broke the internet long after that Uh, my roommate and good friend Jessica uh, used to love friends so she was telling me about that it's a great show friends you know speaking of that I read this thing recently I forgot to tell you guys this I think that this is actually really interesting to hear Brad Pitt uh, one of the coolest dudes for so long in Hollywood. You know, you think of the Brad Pitts, the the Leonardo DiCaprio's, things. You know, guys like that. Brad Pitt believes in God now, openly, and he's he's talked about it. He's become a Christian and adopted it. He, uh, you should check it out. You should uh, at least read. I agree with uh, so much of what he says when it comes to. He doesn't agree with a, a lot of parts of religion, which is why he hasn't. Um, Identified with some of the rituals and things of that nature, but he can't deny the importance of the, the integral parts of the interconnectedness. And, you know, uh, I don't want to quote him, but just type in Brad Pitt view on God or whatever it is. It's super, super interesting to see that he's come into the light there. Not to say that if you're atheist, you're, you know, what I'm saying is, is, um, thinking of something bigger than himself. You know what I mean? And and uh I think it's pretty pretty awesome, you know. Uh that some of the things that he talked about, he went through a real hard time um with all Angelina Jolie breakup and uh super interesting stuff, guys. You'll have to check it out. Speaking of um Glenn Glenn Gary, Glenn Rachel and Brad Pitt. So, um yeah, I love that. I love that Brad Pitt, good old Missouri boy, um, you know, not afraid to to say something like that, you know, because I know that sometimes that type of thing may not come off as cool, you know, maybe he doesn't seem like as much of a renegade or going rogue, but you know, I just think it's awesome. So, what else is going on in the comedy world? Uh, I saw The Joker. Speaking of good and evil. Right. Speaking of Halloween, um, let's give it up for the freaking Joker, guys. What a great performance by Joaquin Raphael Phoenix. The dude is extremely talented. <laughs> 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 that was pretty crazy how they made it like uh, that. He has a condition where he starts laughing when he's like uncomfortable, and he has that reaction, uh, and he, it's like uncontrollable laughter. Uh, that movie was very dark. Uh, very great acting by Wa- Joaquin. Uh, just uh, He's a talented dude. He, he's good at playing the villains, guys. I mean, I hated him in the movie Gladiator. And, you know, you really get inside his mind in this movie. Jessica and I went to watch this movie. She had to walk out, actually, for a couple reasons. One of them, she felt sorry for him. Before he really turned into a, the villain. Uh, by the way, before I... Get into anything. Um, I am giving a little bit of a spoiler alert uh, on this. I don't know what I'll give away or what I won't. So, um, maybe just fast forward to a different part of this. Uh, you know, don't turn off the podcast. Just maybe fast forward or deal with it, or you've seen it and you want to hear what I have to say about it. So, she feels sorry for him. You know, mentally ill and needing his medications. And when when the the government was cutting off the funding for his medications and how the world treated him and how they were mean to him and rejected him and the wall street guys made fun of him and all these things you know uh, i can completely understand uh, and ag- i agree with that and i love that she has that empathy toward him to be honest i think that that's says a lot um and i think it's something that we should all be aware of that people need help sometimes uh sometimes they just need uh some love shown, right? Uh they they definitely made uh Thomas Wayne out to be a, a dick in that movie. And even the butler for Bruce, you know, they made him out to be a, a huge dick. Sometimes just show a little love, you know what I mean? Show a little love to the people. Um sometimes that's all that's all I need, you know, to prevent from going crazy. <clears throat> I mean, he was already crazy, but Well, you know, I'm not even going to say that. That sounds judgmental, you know. I'm not even going to say that. If you're out there, uh, (laughs) which is a made-up character, but if someone is out there who feels like the world rejects them, um, you know, there are people out there that have good in... that that won't reject you and that have good in them. And, um, you know what? There's a lot of dicks out there, but, you know, all you need is... uh, The ones that show you love and, uh, you know, keep on, uh, you know, fighting a good fight, right? No matter what. So don't ever give up. I guess that's what happened is he reached a point where he gave up. He broke, you know? And, uh, yeah, it was sad. It was was a very interesting and unique take on it and uh, the way he embodied the character and made it his own. Apparently... Um, the Joker stairs, there's a part, there's a scene, a couple times where he's walking down and up these stairs in the Bronx and it's getting a lot of attention right now. A lot of people are taking pictures there, their Joker stance, their Joker pose, the dancing pose and it's uh, getting some attention on Instagram and Twitter and social media. So, there's a new part of the Bronx that's getting famous for the Joker and, uh, yeah, Dangerfield's had a a pretty significant role there. Crazy how I performed. I performed there a handful of times luckily more than the Joker and I will say I did do much better than he did uh, thank goodness right uh, I have bombed at Dangerfields, fields but I didn't bomb as bad as he did I also did well uh, and I, I was invited to, to perform there more than once so thank goodness uh, I don't really have much in common with uh, with his character there other than uh, we're both human and uh, I like to think that I would have been nicer to him than Thomas Wayne was I hope I would. I hope I would be. That's that's only a question each of us can ask ourselves, right? Um, and then put your money where your mouth is, you know, when you're in the moment. I have a weird feeling that at some point in the future, someone is going to be like, yo, I listen. Like some somebody has been listening to this podcast, and it's going to be very important that I don't reject them uh, when they come up and, and let me know that they were listening. Uh, not trying to create some sort of a weird self-fulfilling prophecy here but um, if anyone out there just know that I'm not perfect I I hope I don't if that is true I hope that I don't reject you in the in the moment of need Um, I think that not to use this as an excuse but they say uh, put your faith in God not in, in any man you know so there's times where I'm not perfect and uh if for some reason I reject you in a time of need um it's because uh the higher power above me is 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 much more uh much more awesome than myself you know so anyway what else uh i just work for him guys you know what i mean i just work for him i'm just uh a, a messenger slash uh task carry outer. So what do we got here? What do we got? Uh, one of my buddies who's in our group, too nice, met this one of the stars of the Joker. So you know the girl that the Joker has intercourse with, or at least it's implied that they fooled around. Um, she was at the Pit the other night. The Pit Striker. We had our show at the Pit Striker last week. It was kind of our Halloweenish type show. A lot of fun had some characters. Kate Gouther, she's in a couple of our sketches, the Midwest Sketch Band. It's very talented. She did a segment, played some characters, very funny. Um, I was thoroughly thoroughly entertained. Shout out to Kate. We have some talented people on our team and our buddy Lee Leonidas. His, he goes by Lee, but his birth name is Leonidas, which is pimp. Uh he met the the star Uh, At the pit and invited her to come to our show and all that stuff told me that she was real cool real down-to-earth I've heard great things about her. I guess her boyfriend performs uh, At the pit or or something of that nature So our worlds are intertwined pretty pretty cool to see that's a degree of separation like that and uh, real happy to see that she uh, You know got a big part like that and she's been in other stuff apparently Jessica knows who she is and really likes her too So that's awesome Um, moving on, Chris Blackerby, I made a video about him and Gabriel, the angel of apartments, as, as he called himself, um, made a video of us on YouTube. I was talking to, I was talking to Chris and he was telling me that the Dion Cole uh, Netflix special that came out recently is tremendous. Talks about life, the importance of living in honesty. And if you're stuck in a relationship where you feel like you can't vocalize, You know how you feel about stuff, or if you want to try something new in the bedroom, or bring somebody new into the bedroom, may as well throw it out there, because life's too short to be living in fear and feeling unhappy or feeling like you can't speak up, or being afraid to say what you think, you know. So, I love that. I haven't seen it yet, but you know, I'm all about that. It's not always easy. Easier said than done, but you know what? Guess how you get over it? You just do it, right? Nike, baby! Um... Go for it. YOLO, baby. Anyway, what's going on in my my comedy world? Uh, recently saved a little min- bit of money by taking some headshots in the building here with Jessica. She took a couple pictures of me. And we were, we, were, we were taking them in different parts of our building on the portrait mode of the phone. And we were in an elevator at one point because there was a nice background. And some other people got in the elevator uh, a guy and a girl I guess boyfriend girlfriend maybe they're in a relationship and the dude was kind of hating on me. I made a joke. I'm like, "Oh yeah, we're taking some head headshots here. Save a couple bucks, you know, save 500 bucks on headshots." And uh the guy kind of like I was I was like lowering my like you know, I was kind of like putting myself down in a playful way to kind of like make the situation light. And this asshole's like, "Yeah, we do that all the time," like sarcastically and then just looked forward didn't say anything. Like like he's judging me for what I'm doing, you know what I mean? Both Jessica and I were like, "That dude's a fucking asshole." <clears throat> I think it bothered me more than her for some reason. But he looked like he uh, uh, was a. F- I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna succumb to that level. <laughs> he looked like he, uh, you know, got in shape recently for the first time. Let's put it that way, and he's not even in that good of shape. All right, let's put it that way. Uh, the Midwest Sketch Bandits is meeting again soon to film. Uh, I guess we're going to start another season of our sketches. So keep an eye out for that in the coming weeks. Um, there's a show coming up for me at Batsu's, putting on a show November 4th. It's at 7 p.m. at Wara, 67 First Avenue. Should be a lot of fun to to, to get out there and do that. I'm going to do like my late-night set. So basically, I'm going to try to record my... My set that I would do on Jimmy Fallon if I'm uh, I'm not going to say if but when I'm able to make my national debut uh, definitely plan on doing a, a completely different debut than the Joker did in the movie The Joker because that shit was scary uh, <laughs> um, but yeah I got a ton of shows this week I had a ton of shows over the weekend and uh, getting more and more shows get just sharpening the honing sharpening the set honing the set uh getting in 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 comedy shape while still trying to stay physically fit and and get in get in better shape physically i've been making a lot of youtube videos lately you guys got to check those out I've, i've recorded several stories now that i'm gonna that i'm gonna uh i plan on editing them similar to the recent one about meeting gabriel the angel of apartments So some different stories that I've had over the years, gonna try and uh, make those into uh, some recurring videos to tickle thine taints. Um, I was doing comedy uh, a week or two ago and one of my old college teammates happened to be in the crowd, right? So I'm doing comedy about Mizzou. First of all, I get on stage and there's a dude in the back who's cracking up, laughing, he, this this dude is laughing before I even say my punchlines. I'm like, who is that guy in the back that's, that that thinks I'm so funny? I haven't even said a joke yet. You know what I mean? And he kept on smiling. He started like videotaping me. There was a part of me that was like, whoever that guy is there, like turn the camera off. But I also didn't want to like like when someone's showing you love and they and they like you, like why why would I want to like like punish that behavior or like reprimand that behavior? So I just normally. I wouldn't like that if someone was filming without my permission, but I could tell it was all out of love. He had a big smile on his face, so I just let the camera go and ignored it and just kept going about my set. And then I get off stage, and this dude comes out. It's freaking Gordon Bowen, one of the, the walk-ons from my time, 2006, with Austin Huff, Jeff Waldman, Jeff Waldman, uh, Gordon Bowen. We had a nickname on the team. I don't know who came up with his nickname, but he used to we, we would call him Baby Shit. Baby shit was his nickname. I don't know. I I I'm gonna take a wild guess and assume that he didn't come up with that nickname himself. I don't think that that was a self-appointed nickname. And either way, interestingly enough, he was there in the crowd. We recognized each other. Got to catch up. It was really great to see him. You know, it seems like he's doing well. He was with a lady there. Real happy for him. And he gave me some nice compliments. It was just cool to see him. I remember, uh, I almost feel bad, like, <laughs> sharing the memories that I do have of, um, I remember, he, uh, but it's it's all out of love. I think he'd probably like it that I'm giving him some attention on my podcast. So I guess I will talk about it. Uh, we, we were part of Gun Club, right? The, the, the scout team was part of Gun Club. So we would have to work out during the season harder than that, than the guys that were starting, right, than the travel team, we would have to go to gun club three days a week, and it was real tough and stringent, military-like practice. And one day, Gordon Bowen was late, or I guess he was actually kind of late a a lot, and the coach made him apologize, and I used to just impersonate that apology because, you know, it's kind of like, I I think the only reason he's apologizing is because the coach is making him, you know? (laughs) But he apologized because we get... We get punished if anyone was late. I guess I can't set this whole thing up and not give you the impression. Uh, this is my impression of baby shit. Giving the apology to the football team uh, after being late and making us all run run for him. Being late. Hey guys, I just want to apologize. You know, like I realize that you know I came in late and I, I just want to make I just want to let you guys know that I'm not gonna do that again. And you know, yeah, like. <laughs> It's like, what was that that we just listened to, you guys? So, <laughs> nah, but baby shit. No, it was good to see my buddy Gordon Bowen, man. Um, it was good. To, it's good to reconnect with these guys. You know, years go by, and we experienced a a really cool thing together. So, anyway. uh i told you guys how i made a youtube video about this dude named gabriel the angel of apartments you got to check that out on youtube my youtube channel is the droid t-h-e-d-r-o-y-d it's pretty funny i'm not going to try to do an impression of it right now because i feel like that that would be forced and i've already put it out there for you guys to consume right because we like to uh chomp on stuff and, and consume and uh you know Go through content. So there's some content out there for you. More to come. Definitely worth following that and subscribing, doing all that jazz. It'll help me too because I'm trying to. I'm on a runway right now where I'm putting it. You know, I've 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 literally jumped off the cliff a couple of times metaphorically in my life. You know, when I moved out to LA, that was one where I took the the leap. I guess you could call it the leap of faith, where you're giving up the opportunity cost of pursuing a job and having a potential active career and making money to go and gamble your life on your dream, right? And I feel that you know, I didn't quite get where I wanted to go in my time in LA. I had to reshift the deck. Things weren't you know, um, taking off fast enough. I took a real job to make sure that I could feed my face and even at the time make sure that I wasn't abandoning the opportunity to be able to secure my ability to provide for a family someday Uh, uh, there was a girl that was still kind of like in my heart enough for me to make decisions based on not wanting to let that go yet completely Uh, never worked out with her but uh, I decided to go for a second plunge when I moved out to New York and then last August you know uh, you know I stopped working and started putting a hundred percent of my time into comedy i reshifted the deck a couple months ago but i'm back to going all out so basically i've jumped off you could imagine me like jumping off this cliff multiple times where my parachute didn't completely open so i had to like jump onto a, a tree and like fall into a bunch of like debris to like Slow me down, yeah. But I, but there's still like a a, la- a large valley to go. So I jumped again, and parachute didn't quite fully open again. I'm just, I decided that I'm gonna keep on jumping until I get to my destination. The chute is either gonna catch, or I'm just gonna have to keep on doing it this way until everything takes off. So just know that I am risking everything for this. Um, you know, I I am risking. Everything but I, I feel like it's there's nothing I'd rather be doing and and when I'm doing it uh, As scary as it may sound to someone who, who who's living very safely and, and um, I I really feel like this is what I what gives me the most fulfillment which is doing what I love and um, Your support is the lift that I need it's it's required. I can't do it by myself. I have to be making it making money somehow and, one of the ways that uh, really can make a difference is, uh, without asking you guys for money, right. Uh, <laughs> would be, uh, you know, like subscribing, following me, doing those things because you make money on the advertising dollars that you get from your followers, you know? So just know that, uh, I genuinely appreciate every follow. Uh, I notice those things even if I don't respond back or whatever, like those types of things, uh, I notice everything. And, uh, it all gives me a little bit of lift under my wing. So the YouTube follows, the YouTube subscriptions, the, the Instagram, the Twitter follows. Uh, I think that those are the main the main ones right now. Listening to this podcast, right? I'm trying to get. To, uh, we're, we're we're getting a ton of downloads here, so the um the, the being able to monetize off of it is uh, getting closer and closer to being a reality. So thank you to you guys for tuning into this. It's freaking awesome. Uh, what else do i want to talk about before i go check out this instagram called crazy bitch probs underscore it's at crazy bitch probs one word and then underscore very funny it's like the new they got four million followers and you have to request to follow them which is kind of funny it's not even a public account but uh, it reminds me like the female version of um fat jewish or whatever the fat jewish comic uh very funny stuff. Uh finally Yeah, the 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 final things that I'm going to talk about, just a couple points here, the the world updates, right? Uh my world updates. So, this doesn't even really have to do with comedy now, but these are some things that I wrote down that I think will will be really interesting. First of all, I met I was out Saturday night and I was walking to a bar after my second show. I was coming back to meet up with some Mizzou people, and this girl was walking behind me. And I looked back, and she was pretty. And what's funny is, you know, I figured I'd say, "What's up?" You know. So I rather, I was the one who turned around and hollered at her. You know, she's the one who. I know she wasn't following me, but I was like, "Hey, how weird is it if like a dude in front of you turns around and hits on you?" So she laughed and. She let me know she has a boyfriend, but she was nice, and we were just talking, being friendly. She's like, she's telling me she's on her way to be, meet up with friends, and she was talking about um, where she works, and I, uh, she works for a healthcare organization, which I knew what the healthcare organization stood for, so I asked her if she... Anyway, I don't know why I'm telling you unnecessarily details, but she actually came to the bar that I was at with three of her girlfriends I guess I made an impression on her an impression that I didn't seem like too big of a creep so she was willing to take like three of her single friends to come meet me and we had a great time and we were talking about it and it it led to an idea that I might have to start doing which is starting a pot like segment of my podcast where I bring in females either call-ins or like in-person stuff where they come to me and they, like, ask me advice based on text messages that they're having in the dating world, right? So, like, I would like to – we talked about having these four girls on, and they bring in some of their, their texts that they've been, like, trying to figure out what's going on, and I'll give them a guy's perspective because I have no skin in the game, uh, and I know exactly how guys think, and I, I think it'll be hard to find – um you know, I think it'll be hard to find somebody who has better advice than I do is what I'm trying to say. Humble brag. (laughs) Uh, So, keep an eye out for that. Um, In fact, another girl that I know was recently asking me for advice for a friend about some freaking weirdo guy that has been texting and like, texting one of her friends and like going through snapchat and anyway i didn't know what the heck was going on i couldn't even understand these texts but that would be a good example of someone to bring on the podcast and say all right tell me the situation we talk about it now i'll give you my analysis as to why this dude's only viewing certain stories on your on your snapchat profile versus like response rates and things like that so always interesting uh Keep an eye out for those types of things in the future. If you like the idea, let me know. Text me, email me, DM me, whatever. Remember, I'm at the droid everywhere. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and we're getting ready to wrap up here. My head's starting to hurt from talking too much. Uh, but I, it's funny. I was I was out to dinner recently with this group. And one of the dudes kept on you know telling me to leverage I was like you know I think I'm going to get going he's like no dude we're we're out we're having a good time leverage the group bro I was like what do you mean he's like dude this is the time to market yourself you know we're interested in you know what you're you doing with comedy you know leverage market yourself tell us you know we'll come check out the shows i just thought it was so funny that this guy kept on saying leverage the group like that's he said leverage the group probably 5 times and It was very interesting. So, uh, I think the last thing I want to leave you guys with, this is so funny to me. I don't know if you guys will find it as funny as I do, but Jessica, again, my roommate slash ex-girlfriend slash friend slash potential future girlfriend again. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, She has been applying for jobs here and there, and there's this one... Uh, that she recently, this one round of interviews she's recently been going through. And the story of this guy she's been interviewing with kills me with laughter. So she has been talking to this this guy. He runs his own company. He's an older dude. I'm not going to say what company. But uh, he's a, he's the CEO of his own company. And he posted some job. And Jessica responded to the job posting. Sent in her resume you know, expressed interest in all this stuff, and he responded back immediately. I think he actually called her on the, on her cell phone, because her cell was listed on the resume, and said, I really liked what you said. I'd love to have you come in for an interview. Jessica was really excited. She's like, wow, can you believe that? Like, like this is so cool. I got a response, and you know, the person really liked what I said. So Jessica meets him, and then I guess she wasn't fully sold on it. Like, she didn't I guess after going to the interview and meeting with him, she didn't like she 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 didn't think it was like as great of an opportunity, or she just didn't feel as into it after meeting with him as she did going into it. Right, so she actually didn't like reach out or thank him uh, after the interview, which is usually what you do, especially if you want the job, right? And uh, as an employer, that's what you want to see is someone who's going to take that initiative. So some if some employers would might not respond after that especially if they, if they get applicants and opposed supposedly this this guy she interviewed with hit her up like four days later and was like hey might you still be interested in this job might you be interested in coming in for a second round interview or a meeting for a second round interview right and she thought it was a little weird that you know kind of she she's the one who dropped off as the applicant, it was weird that he was, like, chasing her now rather than her being the one to, to chase the job. And um, I think she, she went forward with it but did express some hesitation. She asked how many people he's interviewing. She said that the guy tells her he's interviewing 70... He has 70,000 applicants for this executive assistant role, right? And... That he really liked her and that he, she really impressed him and all this stuff. So he wanted to meet with her again. And she did and still didn't really... Actually, she, she missed... She either... And, and forgive me, this is coming back to me in bits and pieces, but she missed one of the interviews. It might have been the second interview or the first one. And he's the one that followed up with her. Be like, oh, yeah, I saw that you, you missed the interview you know would you be available to be to meet tonight instead rather than her being the one to say hey I'm so sorry I missed the interview would you be willing to give me a second chance I know that I you you <laughs> you know what I mean like this dude's chasing her and she's the one flaking when it should be the other way around and uh, she kept on like saying I'm not really sure I've got some hesitations and he's like well I'd love to hear your hesitations let's talk through it I think you're really bright I'd love to to you know, to make this happen. So I'm listening to her on speakerphone. Long story short, she finally rejects him because he keep he's like offering the offering her this job. This is like a multi-week thing that's been going on. He finally, she finally is like, you know what? I, I I'm gonna go a different direction at this time. And he's like, and I saw the email today. I saw the email today, and I started. I was taking a dump at the time and I started crying from laughing. Right. She forged me the email and he's like, I am so disappointed to hear that. I think that you've got a really bright future ahead of you. You're very talented. Um, can you, can you please let me take you to dinner? I'd love to get to know you further. (laughs) You know what I mean? So like, it's like, is this. Has he just been wanting to, like, hook up with her this whole time? Like, what's the deal with this whole. You know, this whole, uh. situation, right? It kind of reminds me of the, the whole Albert story of the guy. I'm, I'm gonna do a story about. I'm not gonna tell you now, but just that guy that kept on hitting me up who. Tri- got my, you know, met my sister one time, kept on trying to hit me up to get to her, right? It's just this weird, long-winded roundabout. Guys will literally do anything. The funniest thing I can ever see is watching a guy get rejected, but not taking that rejected, just pivoting and turning it somewhere else. Like, it's so funny. Because I think for some, some people, it's hard to reject someone in the first place. So when you... When you finally, like, find the courage to just, like, say no or I reject you, not with those words, but, like, you know what, I'm I'm going to go a different way. When someone finally has the courage to just say that, you know, because nobody wants to hurt someone else, you know, or to, to to give rejection, basically. I don't think it's a fun thing for maybe some girls. It's fun to reject guys. Uh, there's some attitudes out there, but for most people, it's not fun. When you finally do, it's almost like a, a, a therapeutic, cathartic thing to feel yourself do. It's like I feel the weight off my shoulders. I finally like spoke how I feel, and then when the guy flips it around, it's like, oh, absolutely not. Can could we just be friends? <laughs> you know, like comes in at a completely different angle. It's like, dude, that's just laughable, right? Like that's just ridiculous that you just won't, you won't give up. So. I guess I see myself in in that in some ways. I try to uh, I try to to accept rejection. I always try to re- accept it respectfully. Like I I never want to retaliate if, if a girl rejects me, but I do also try to to sometimes come at a different angle. You know, like oh, well, that's that's cool. It's cool. Let's be friends then. You know, let me take you to dinner as a friend. <laughs> you know. Uh, so maybe that's why I think it's funny, but this whole, uh, this dude won't, won't give up on Jessica and, uh, she thinks it's really weird and I think it's hilarious. So, um, and for the guys out there that, uh, doubted me in my previous podcasts, when I had Jessica on as one of my guests, um, there were some guys that doubted me in In the fact that they thought she would come back around, you know they they said i couldn't listen to you on your episode with Jessica because you just you, you- it sounded like you you couldn't accept the fact that she you know wasn't interested or you know it sounded like you were not losing hope that it wasn't over, and all this stuff I'm like just for you guys for for you for doubting me, she has come back around all right, so <laughs> you know um I forgive all the doubt. I forgive all doubters. Feudum, forgive all those who doubt me. Forgive everybody who doubts me. Feudum, baby. Um, I'm gonna end with a quote, and then we'll call it a day. Does that sound fun? We're almost at two hours, so that's way too much time. Once again, I I've rambled for two hours. I, I I'm not gonna apologize. I don't think that's the right way to do it because you guys have the opportunity to to turn this off at any time. I mean, I here would here's where an apology would be necessary necessary is if somehow i like like glued earpods into your eardrums and forced you to listen to me for two hours against your will i think that that would require a big apology and maybe some sort of reparation and and uh you know that 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 would not be a cool move but for for anyone who's still listening you're you're doing it by free will first of all i greatly appreciate it so thank you is really all i should say And I'll end with a quote that I saw. I think we've all seen this one before. I think it was Nelson Mandela. And I'm sorry that I don't even know who the quote is by. But I really like this quote. And it's corny. It's light. So if you don't want something positive and uplifting before you go, just turn off the podcast now and uh, go watch The Joker uh, if you like that. (laughs) Uh, If you want something light, this is... I wanted to leave you on something uplifting. I really like this quote. Uh, I've seen it before, but it was a good reminder because it resonates true for myself. Um, and this is what my deepest fear is. Uh, so that's why it resonated. It says that our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. True! Facts! That's what that's what Dom Leonelli always says. Facts! right? So facts to that. And it says, we ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous, right? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that others, other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We are born to manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we consciously give other people permission to do the same. We're liberated from our own fear. Our presence automatically liberates others. I I read that the other day. It was posted up at the, uh, at the pit along with the clown prayer. And I just, I thought it was really cool. It really resonated. It reminds me of different people for different parts of that. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna even prime the pump by saying there's a dude that I'm gonna have on episode 85. His name's Greg Bracy. He was number 85 at Mizzou, and Greg Bracy's confidence and inner light, um, gave me permission to rise up and allow the greatness within me to shine through. And I'm thankful that I was able to articulate that and express that to him at one point in life. But Greg Bracy, my friend. Um, had a great inner light that shined through his confidence, his swag, everything that he was. Uh, you know, when we were teammates at Mizzou, I got he was a big brother to me, and he was, he was just a freaking cool dude. Everybody liked Bracy. He was, he was funny. You know, he could be a great stand-up comedian if he if he wanted to be and apply himself to it. And uh, I'm excited to have him on. Uh, I hope that we're able to make the the timing work, but just wanted to give him a shout out because that, that, that part of that quote really rings true and I hope that I I, I, I other people have told me I, I think that I've done that in some way shape or form for them um, and I, that's what I hope to do is just to unlock that own fear and, and basically give, give anyone and everyone the permission to be as great as you possibly can be um you know, they say that we're closest to God when we are following our dreams, right? When we're doing what's in our heart and what we love, that's when we're closest to God. And I hope that that light, that, um, you know, whatever whatever I need to do to, to, you know, all the the courage that I have to facing those things, I hope that that just shines on to, to you, you know, shines on to others, Some don't need it, some do, you know? So for those that do need it, I hope that you receive that. And um, with that, have a great week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. By the way, am I the only one who's horny? (laughs)